First in the morning, SAFM Sunrise with Stephen Grutis. Good morning. Well, how many times have you heard the phrase that South Africa is the most unequal country on earth? And there now is more evidence that, in fact, our inequality is getting worse. And this comes from a new survey. It's the Household Wealth Research Division from the Bureau of Market Research. And what they show, basically, is that around 73.7% of the adult population, so 74% of people in the country, earn below 73,000 rand a year, 3.3% earn more than around 52,000 rand a month. So look at the difference. Uh, Don't get too lost in the numbers. The fact is it seems to be getting worse. Isabel Fry is the Executive Director of the Social Policy Initiative. Isabel, good morning. Good morning, Stephen. How are you? I'm well, thank you. If you look at all the evidence, it seems that, and I suppose the pandemic may have been the sort of starting point for this, it seems our inequality is getting, we're, we're becoming more and more divided. Absolutely, we are. I I would disagree that the pandemic was the beginning of this. I think the beginning, uh, the seeds have been there for a very, very long time. One of the problems is that we haven't attempted in any way to normalize our economy after apartheid. And so the trajectories of differentials are there. I mean, if you look at South Africa, the three main drivers of inequality, and and these again are historic. Firstly, the unemployment, we've got 42% or 11.9 million people out of work. But most the, the most critical driver of income inequality, and this is what you highlighted, is the wave the wage differential. So those at the top are earning incredibly high salaries and those at the bottom despite the national minimum wage um, are not being carried up in any way and then thirdly the returns of wealth and that is something which was exacerbated during COVID during COVID if you recall there was a global commodity boom so if you had wealth if you had investments the returns on that uh, were quite phenomenal whereas the wage uh, returns were either stagnant some of them uh, people lost their wages so we've got different drivers and different paces of wealth accumulation. Um, Sadly, what we've seen in recent years is that while wealth for the the top 1% is now, the top 1% have about 55% of wealth. For the bottom 50%, Stephen, and this is incredibly worrying, um, wealth is negative. So so the bottom 50% of income earners are living in perpetual debt. Um, it seems as well, on top of all of this, that, that if we look at the impact of social grants, without social grants, I'm presuming our inequality would be much worse than it is. Are we able to look at the impact on social grants now and see what the impact of higher or uh, wider social grants would be? And I'm obviously heading towards a basic income grant. Uh, what the impact of that would be in trying to lower this incredible inequality that we see? Absolutely. If you look at, at a number of other economies, more mature economies, there's a principle of tax and transfer as a redistributive or corrective element. So where income is generated, there's a certain amount taxed, and then the state transfers that where it's needed to keep a circularity going, which is necessary. Now, what we see in South Africa is that many people uh, point out proudly that we've got uh, one of the most extensive social grant transfer uh, systems in Africa, and that is correct. The worrying thing, and this is what our research has has been showing, um, is that the value of the transfer is insignificant compared to what people need. So the taxation is good in terms of reducing some of the higher income differentials, although not sufficient. Uh, But our argument on the 350 grant, for instance, is that the amount itself is really not sufficient. The, the 
our argument with Treasury is that the low income amount, the transfer amount, keeps people in perpetual poverty and dependency. Now, research that's by released a year and a half ago done by Duma Krabule shows that if you had a decent, and this is where I'm going, where you were going, a decent universal basic income grant of 1,500, that is sufficient to shock the economy into a corrective action. So I, I, the point that many people don't necessarily appreciate is that poverty and inequality in South Africa is so large that the resulting um, corrective has to be large as well. Now, we currently are looking at um, a GDP growth of 0.4%. We need 6% at least in order to halve unemployment. So 6% growth will give us about 6 million people unemployed. We currently have just under 12 million. Now, the only way that we can do that is by the state spending. And we can show that in the post-boom years, uh, 2000, well, post-gear years, sorry, the post-gear post-gear boom years. The reason why we had GDP growth and we created 3 million jobs was because the state was spending. The state is not spending now. People talk about uh, reducing budget deficit, etc. We need to look at our macroeconomic policies and say it's not good enough to look at inflation and debt targeting. Those are growth inhibitors. We need to target GDP growth and we need to target employment creation. And to do that, the state boldly needs to spend. And there are a number of partners in the private sector who are saying this is not a sustainable future. If we're looking at a 20-year mine um, in sort of investment plan, we need to know that there's going to be stability in society and we are prepared to put our money on the table. That, I think, um, is the watershed we're facing. We either step up to the extent of the solution or we're going to see an implosion, whether it is economic, political or social. Isabel Fry, thank you. Stern warning there, the stark warning, I should say. Executive Director of the Social Policy Initiative here with SAFM, leading the conversation. Eight o'clock, our insurance will go out of their way to try and save you money on your car insurance if they can't. Ask for 500 Rand. SMS out to 38462. Now that's good news.